Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hey there, everyone. Jay Kevin McHugh here for another episode of Sheer Clarity. Uh, thank you for joining us. I think we're somewhere on episode seven or eight. We're just rolling, having a great time doing this. It's been very rewarding. Today, we're going to talk about vulnerability again. We started the topic last week. It's part of a model with trust, honesty, and vulnerability all part of sheer clarity that you can see. Just go on the website, listen to the podcast, and you'll get a handle on this. But when we talked last episode about what vulnerability is and why you would even be interested in it from a business leadership perspective, today we're going to talk, how do you actually approach this? How do I get there? What does it look like when I'm doing it? How do I put myself in a vulnerable position that is appropriate? What should I expect? How should I roll when I do this? So in order to do that, I cannot function, and that is my vulnerability, without my partner in crime, Matthew Passy. I would like to say, hi, Matthew. How are you, buddy? I am doing well, Kevin. I'm glad to be here. I know we're going to be hitting up some important topics here on appropriate vulnerability as we started to last week, and we'll do again next week. But I have every confidence in the world that we'll get through it together. Yes, we will. So I'm going to begin straight away by asking you a question. Uh-oh. I didn't study. <laughs> when you've been listening in the last couple of episodes and we've rocked into this whole space of vulnerability, what's been happening to you as we've talked about it? Because I know every once in a while, the listeners can't see this, but I've got you on my headset and I've got you on video and I'm watching your eyes begin looking up at the ceiling <laughs> going, hmm, I can see the wheels turning. And so I'd be curious just to hear a little bit about what's coming up for you on this whole vulnerability topic. It might be interesting just to hear that from you just to get going today. Plus, I want my audience to know a little bit more about you as well. It's interesting because I think as a professional, I'd like to think that I am good at taking criticism, that I am vulnerable, and that I'm open to being told that I'm doing things wrong and how to improve things. And then I think back to when I was a kid and that I wasn't really that good at taking criticism. Part of the struggles that I've had in my business today is there aren't enough people who are willing to criticize. The podcasting space is full of just lovely, lovely people who all want to be nice, who all want to be friendly. So either I'm doing something really, really right and nobody has anything bad to say, or everyone's just super nice and isn't willing to throw some constructive criticism. So I'm thinking about, am I open enough to criticism? Am I vulnerable enough to improvements that are needed from outside influences? If not, what do I have to change to make myself more inviting to that from the outside players that I deal with? And you have to put yourself at risk. It's scary. Totally scary. When I was getting ready for this podcast, I was grabbing some of my stuff I've been reading over the years, and I have a great quote that Brene Brown has. She says, vulnerability is about showing up and being seen. It's tough to do when you're terrified about what people might see or think. 
that's it in a nutshell. We've been using that term vulnerability and people immediately go and associate it with weakness, fear, hurt, betrayal. These are all the very deep-seated emotions that people experience when they reveal aspects of themselves that are, quote, vulnerable. So let's just make sure we get one thing established straight up. Vulnerability is not a sign of weakness, and it can also be one of your greatest strengths. She talks about this in her book, Rising Strong. Vulnerability isn't about winning or losing. It's just having courage. It's courage to show up and be seen, especially when you don't have any control over the outcome. It's a very, very powerful way to lead because there's a lot about our work that is forward-looking in the future, solving issues. And initially, when we attack something or we have a challenge or we have a problem or we have an outrageous, hairy goal, I think that BHAG was the big, hairy, audacious goal from one of the business books. I can't recall it now. But all of that has elements of risk built in, the risk of failure, the risk of not knowing, the risk of having to figure stuff out. Guess what? In those moments, vulnerability is a part of the equation. And all we're just simply saying here is, instead of hiding it, instead of pretending it's not true, we're going to have the courage to face it, admit it, and then keep going. It's not intended for you to sit in a ball with a box of Kleenex. It's about just facing these elements that make us vulnerable and to accept it. It's a normal, everyday part of life. Everyone knows some form of hurt, pain, tragedy, woundedness, whatever you want to call it, somewhere, somehow, your vulnerability has been made very clear to you. And if you don't actually embrace it, accept it, and learn from it and walk with it, you end up punching it down, denying it, presenting it. And that's not the healthiest way to go about it. And you actually are going to have much stronger, deeper relationships when vulnerability is a part of it. I mean, this vulnerability is a two-edged sword. Some people are protecting themselves all the time to avoid getting hurt. They don't admit any of this stuff. They denial is part of that routine and you can't hurt me. And they put on shields and armor and all of that effort and energy to avoid being seen as weak or to being hurt in some way, shape or form. Guess what it does? Totally closes you off from any kind of intimacy or closeness in the relationship. I can't get you. And I'll tell my business leaders this and to the listeners, you can kind of Calculate this now. How many people do you know, do you encounter on a regular basis in your work environment, in your workplace, when you encounter them, you don't feel any kind of warmth, connection, or energy? There's something missing. You are in a completely transactional relationship. Why are you here? What do you want? Give it to me. And here's what I want from you. There's no connection. It's okay, I guess, if you want to get stuff done like a factory, but humans need and hunger for connection. And just even the briefest moment of connection should have as a part of it this willingness to be vulnerable because that's what accelerates the connection. That's what makes it powerful. That's what makes it connectable. That's what makes it real. I'm not going to have Fort Knox wrapped around me so you don't know who I am and how I feel and what I think and what can hurt me. 
All right, that was a blather. I don't know. I just kind of was spouting. No, you're making a really good point. And I guess the next question is, if you feel like you've been closed, if you feel like maybe you are one of those people who has projected a Fort Knox around yourself, as you put it, or you are not open, how do you, one, make that turn within yourself and then convey that to others that now I'm ready, let's do this? In the how-to category, I don't know if I mentioned this in an earlier episode, but it bears repeating. You have to say, I'm going to take a look at my life. And I use the picture of a plane crash investigation. And in the beginning, they will clear out a hangar big enough to fit whatever size plane that was. And they will begin to collect all of the parts and pieces, the scraps and the wreckage, and they will transport it back to this hangar and they will begin to assemble it on the floor. And soon you begin to see the outline of what the original airplane looked like. As the weeks and months go on and more parts and pieces are found strewn across the site or floating up from the ocean, you start to see a picture emerge. And what the investigators are doing as they collect and assess and examine the parts and the pieces and put them back together and get a picture of this original whole that was integrity and wholeness and it's now broken and something happened. And that's the question that we're asking, what happened? In the case of yourself, Picture that kind of metaphor, or maybe the metaphor of a jigsaw puzzle, and you begin to arrange the pieces of the puzzle so you start to see a picture. A picture of what? A picture of who you really are. And sometimes our vulnerabilities are the pieces that are the last to the puzzle because we haven't wanted to look at them because for the most part, they are associated with some kind of pain. There's something happening. Even a small child, if you just watch a two-year-old, I forget, how old are the twins now for you? Almost two. (laughs) Almost two. They're starting to get their first words. You can begin to hear them. But I was just watching a video of my two-year-old granddaughter, and they're running around just doing crazy And they're always turning over their shoulder to see if you're watching. That's what they do. And they're always seeking approval and love and connection. And once they get even better at four or five, you'll hear them in the playground. Daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy, look at me, look at me, look at me. Well, as a child, there's going to be times when they don't look at you. Or perhaps you're in an experience where your parents were divorced when you were early and you didn't have one of those voices reaffirming you and validating you. And I mean, before you know it, there's a broken spot in your heart or you walk with a bit of a limp. I'm using that metaphorically, but there's a broken spot. So what I'm suggesting for anybody who wants to be open to this idea of vulnerability, step one is being in touch with your own vulnerabilities. How do I get that? I would say, take a look at your life. Go back. And actually, Matthew, what we'll do on the website, I have two worksheets that the listeners can have 
One is called the diagram of life's pie, and it's got like 10 segments, and you actually give it a score of zero to 10 on the quality of what that segment is. It might be your physical health, it might be relational health, it might be financial health, but it'll give you a picture of where you are now. And then another document will be what I call my lifeline or my life extension. And it's just a horizontal axis from zero to today, and that's your age. And then on the vertical is zero to 10, that's quality. And go back and plot your life. Plot your personal life growing up and plot your career life if you like, plot your finances if you like, and then make this line that goes up and down of the highs and the lows. And you can step back and then see. There were times when I had some pain, I had some difficulty, something got broken, something got fractured. What am I doing with it? And how have I grabbed a hold of it? How have I looked at it? How have I held it? Is there forgiveness that's required somewhere in here? Is there some kind of element that still holds me back? This is all part of getting in touch with your vulnerability. Everybody has it. Everybody has something. And I just want people to embrace, I'm not perfect, I am vulnerable, I do experience pain, and none of that changes the fact, the truth, that I am courageous, and I'm worthy of love, I'm worthy of connection. That's pretty much what Brene Brown will say to anybody who's done this work. You still have incredible importance, value, and giftedness regardless of it. But the people who don't even have a clue are the people I watch who are abusive, insensitive, lack empathy, and are absolutely walking through their lives completely the victims of any kind of passive-aggressive behavior. Once you become one of these abrasive, abusive, insensitive bosses, people are going to do everything they can to not help you. They will hold back critical information. If they watch you walking down the sidewalk and there's an open manhole and you're going to go down, they're just <laughs> going to go, well, I guess that's just going to have to happen. There's no warning. <laughs> the key there is they're not going to hurt you specifically because they probably fear whatever retribution that you're going to put on them, but they're also not going to do anything to save you. And they're not going to do anything to save the company because they've probably got one foot out the door anyway. Bingo. Bingo. There's no human, there's no leader. I don't care whether you're Mary Barra, GM, or whether you're just Joe Smith down the road with a machine shop and 20 employees. Everybody has some kind of fragility. Everybody has some kind of woundedness. Everybody has something. And all I'm suggesting here is that if you want to be a highly effective leader, you want to engage the parts of you that you probably haven't examined thoroughly enough. Healing your pain, looking back at what didn't go well is a process of self-examination and you have to be intensely curious about why you react the way you do. There are trigger points that are happening with everybody. And if you don't know what they are, you don't have any way of managing them. This goes back to the emotional intelligence pyramid that we started with at the earlier episodes. That pyramid is the basis, self-awareness, followed by self-management. Well, in this self-awareness category, the self-examination, you would want to get in touch with whatever vulnerabilities you have. I think you need to do a little pain map, right? 
You need to take a look at it and you need to be able to sit with it and examine it and sense it. Go ahead and feel it. And these become parts of us, but holding on to them and become acquainted with them, then you start to experience the energy of them. The first thing that I would do is I'd begin to say, okay, and how does that make me behave? And now I'm conscious of the behavior. And then I have to ask the question, and what would be the opposite of that behavior? Like if I have been betrayed and I am geared to believe everybody's going to betray me, what happens to me when I treat everyone like that? Now they have to come through my special guardian filter system. And I've already started eliminating people way too early on. So at least if I am conscious of it, I can ask myself, what is the opposite of this? So examine the opposite. Assume everyone actually has goodness for you. Well, that now has to be a conscious energy that you apply to yourself to offset what has become a fundamental part of your protection system. So you're asking, well, what do I do to begin to correct it? Self-examination, sitting and holding it, understanding it, and imagining its opposite so that at least you begin to add some kind of other option for how you're going to approach this. Just being aware is part of the equation. Just being aware, being conscious. I feel like that's very similar advice for a lot of the pieces that we discuss here on Sheer Clarity is that self-awareness, self-understanding, self-honesty, these are themes that are going to come back a lot as we're exploring Sheer Clarity because it's all about looking within yourself and having a open and transparent understanding of who you are and what you can do and what you can't do and where you need help and being vulnerable enough to ask for that help in order to be more successful. Bingo. I'll leave the audience with a quote and then you should wrap our show up. This is from an author, Mark Coleman. The book's called Make Peace With Your Mind, How Mindfulness and Compassion Can Free You From Your Inner Critic. We should talk about the inner critic maybe on the next episode. I'd really like to talk about this part. Everybody has a series, a squadron sometimes, of inner critics. These are voices wearing judges' robes that are constantly chirping in your head and giving you criticisms about everything. They're always there. They're always second-guessing you. If you want to do anything to help yourself with your vulnerability, get a grip on the inner critics. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. But I'll leave you with this quote. This is what Mark Coleman says. Make your heart as vast as space. It's so big that nothing can harm it. When our hearts are that wide, it's as if any incoming judgments are just ripples on water flowing away and leaving no trace. This is what vulnerability makes possible. It allows the natural strength of the heart to emerge. Beautiful. Well, we've got one more episode with a deeper dive into appropriate vulnerability, and that'll be encouraging it in others. But in the meantime, we thank you for joining us here on this episode of Sheer Clarity. Something new, if you've been listening to the episode so far, we also want to hear from you. So if you have comments, or more importantly, if you have questions about your leadership, about yourself, about your vulnerability that you want Kevin to address in future episodes, head over to SheerClarity.com. At the bottom of the main page, we'll have a very simple form, along with some other ways that you can connect with us and send them in. But we want to hear from you. Send us your feedback. Send us your questions. We will take it all seriously. And Kevin will try to answer everyone's questions in future episodes of the show. Again, that's going to happen at the bottom of SheerClarity.com. 
while you're over there. If you haven't yet, check out the show notes related to this episode. And Kevin mentioned a couple of different resources, including the book from Mark Coleman that we'll have a link to right there on the page. And you'll also be able to subscribe to the podcast if you're not currently subscribed and connect with us on social media and a whole bunch of other resources that will be useful to you as you look to gain sheer clarity. Again, it's all at sheerclarity.com. He's Jay Kevin McHugh. I'm Matthew Passy, and we will see you next week on Sheer Clarity. Sheer Clarity.